which was the grossest character? <laughs> well, I, I, I saw <laughs> the guy thing. with no eyes. Was my... <laughs> the the thing I thought this. that was so great about this was the fact that everyone in the movie is so ugly. Disgusting. Yes, <laughs> Disgusting I love that. They're animal. like horrifying. Yeah. The guy that had the thing through his eye is like, he's like, oh, what's wrong with your eye? Are you going to be able to help? He's like, oh, that's just conjunctivitis. <laughs> that's, 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 <laughs> that's hereditary. Like, like what? <laughs> oh, yeah. man. This, yeah. I can't wait to talk about this movie. Family Movie Night podcast, where we want to help your family have better conversations around the content you consume. My name is Nathan, and I am joined, as always, by the hero of our podcast, Donnie Dorsey. Donnie, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Yeah, exactly. I thought you were going to say something else after that. My, <laughs> my, nah, my, my brain paused for a second, so that was <laughs> very good. Very good. Very in, in tune with uh, what, what did we say the name of it? Is it Beans who uh, freezes up or whatever? Yep. Yeah. With this <laughs> movie. Had a Beans yeah. moment. <laughs> Had a Beans moment. Very good. Of course, we're joined uh, by the mom of our podcast, Heidi Cooper. Heidi, how are you doing today? Hello. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Very excited to talk about this movie. Of course, with the villain of our podcast, uh, Bill Nye himself, uh, Rattlesnake Jake, uh, Sawyer Hewlett. Or the turtle. Oh, yeah, mayor. yeah, Mayor, Mayor, mm. what was, what's his name? Mayor something. No, he's a <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> he no, wants no, to be no. the no, I'm Rattlesnake Jake, okay? I do, honestly, <laughs> I, I want to be explicit. I am, I am Bill Nye. I am. I am I am rattlesnake Jake. I don't okay. know because I had forgotten I had forgotten about the mayor. If if I had to pick, if you're more of like an intimidating rattlesnake Jake or more like just a grumpy cantankerous Ned Beatty, I'm always going with Ned Beatty. So <laughs> I am diabolical. <laughs> I, okay, Ned Beatty is this short fat dude. Okay. I am Rattlesnake Jake always. Okay. Okay. All Michael right. Scott and Beyonce always. I am Rattlesnake Jake always. Nope. Anyway, so let's talk about uh, all of those references, in case you don't know, uh, uh, rather oblique references to the fact that we are discussing uh, the 2011 animated film Rango. Uh, which, if you don't know what it's about because you didn't watch it when it came out in 2011, like most people, uh, this is a movie about a, chame a chameleon uh, who has lived as a sheltered family pet. He finds himself in the grip of an identity crisis, which already is all you need to know. A chameleon who has an identity crisis. Rango uh, wonders how to stand out uh, when it is his nature to blend in. When he accidentally winds up in a frontier town called Dirt, he takes the first step on a transformational journey as the town's new sheriff. Though at first, Rango only role plays a series of thrilling situations and outrageous encounters forces him to become a real hero. Uh, and I'm very excited to talk about this movie. This is a movie I have loved since the first time I saw it back in 2011. My wife worked at Blockbuster Video is still in 2011 and she got it and brought it home and we enjoyed it. But before we get to talking about this movie, Donnie, why don't you tell them what it is we do on this podcast? On this podcast, 
We encourage every family at Community Christian Church to have a monthly movie night to help you and your children build memories, start conversations that'll matter. The goal of our family ministry is to help you raise your children to love Jesus and his way of life above all other things. And we know that critical to that is for you to have a routine, regular time of connection and shared experiences that'll help you build stronger relationships. And, uh, you know, movie nights are great opportunities to do that because movies are, they're not just an easy way to share laughter and joy together um, and fear and sadness in a safe environment, but, you know, they give us a chance to talk about what matters most to us in ways that are meaningful and memorable with our children. And uh, on this podcast, you know, we want to, uh, we don't, we don't want to just recommend some movies you can watch on your movie night, but, but give you some ideas of, of meaningful conversations you can have with your kids. Uh, during or after the movie. And as always, the point of this podcast is not to add another thing to your to-do list as parents that you'll feel guilty about not doing. We just want to make it easier for you and your kids to enjoy being together and you can build some memories and have have conversations that matter in a fun way. So Throughout our conversation today, remember that we just want to have fun and help you think through simple and easy ways to share your love of Jesus with your kids. And uh, we think this movie is going to be a great opportunity for you to talk about this, especially I'd say if you have young kids or older kids, I think there's enough action that if you had like a middle schooler, they'd be into this movie. But certainly your young kids will be. All of my kids love it. Uh, We watched it maybe a year or two ago with them and they didn't remember a bunch. But when we watched it this time, they were incredibly excited as they started to kind of remember little bits from the movie. Uh, But I think as a parent, you're going to want to watch this because it really is a movie about becoming a person of strong character, becoming a person who, uh, who knows who they are because they are rooted in a central uh, identity. And for us, we know that's being rooted in Christ. And so we're very excited to get to talk about that. But first, let's just talk about this movie. Uh, Like I said, this movie came out in 2011. It is directed by Gore Verbinski, uh, who is probably most known for directing the first three Pirates of the Caribbean movies. And I think this movie has a lot of those same vibes of it's this kind of genre movie. You know, the Pirates movies, obviously pirate films this has like a very western flair to it but also has some like we uh, we were talking about just before we started filming some kind of like gross out horror elements to it like um some of the creature designs are just i mean just ugly looking and gnarly and uh and i'd say even we were talking about it on the podcast rattlesnake jake is an actual pretty intimidating like i could see kids being kind of frightened of him so there's even some horror elements gore verbinski uh, even before the Pirates movies, uh, did The Ring, the uh, the American version of The Ring, uh, which horrified very many people, uh, like I was in uh, 2001 when I saw it as a child. Uh, so uh, I, I was probably in middle school when I saw it, but still. Anyway, this movie, I think, has lots of fun, very funny, uh, gorgeous to look at, but I want to hear from my co-host. Uh, let's start with uh, Ned Beatty himself. Uh, Sawyer Hewlett, here's what I'll let you pick. I'll let you pick this. You can either be, and I'm going to look up what's his name. Oh, it's just Mayor. He doesn't have a name. Mayor, or the year before this, Ned Beatty also played Lotso in Toy Story 3. No. So you can either be Lotso or Mayor. When we do the Toy Story 3 episode, I'm definitely Lotso. Okay, I will say that. Uh, But no, for this one, I'm Rattlesnake Jake. Okay, all right. Anyways, um, I love this movie, actually. And I actually, 
I saw this in theaters when it came out and uh, I really liked it then. Um, it's like, we like, and I, I think that this will entertain teenagers. This is a movie that I actually would revisit fairly often as I was growing up in my, in my teenage years, just because it's weirdly edgy. It's and, and like you hit it, like, yeah. like rattlesnake Jake is an intimidating villain. It has some edgier jokes that like, honestly, like, it, like my youngest brother didn't really love this movie because he was like seven when we went and saw it and it was kind of weird and a lot of the jokes were not aimed at him and no. I, I that was my favorite aspect of the movie is it was this animated movie that was like just really bizarre in a lot of times and also really funny in like almost dark ways it has a kind of dark sense of humor and uh, I really like that aspect of it that being said, I think uh, I think it's just a fun movie to, to like generically speaking. It's uh, I think the character of Rango is really fun and like watching him kind of turn it on. And then like also in moments of the movie where like he breaks character and stuff like that. I really liked um, it's also. Yeah, again, it's, it's just a re- really, really fun, fun movie for me to watch um, and read it. I hadn't watched it in a few years as a thing. I hadn't watched it since I was in like high school or something like that. And I rewatched it last night actually. And it was just a lot of fun. Well, and I think what makes it edgy in, in, in once again, we're talking about a PG film, so nothing in the movie yeah. is certainly, but it's edgy in the sense that all the good, like uh, Spielberg children's movies are, or um, a, a lot of those kind of nineties family movies were in that they don't talk down to kids and they're not trying nope. to necessarily protect kids. So, they're making these creature designs to be creepy. Like the villains are creepy. They're not, yeah. you know, we mentioned Lotso, but like Lotso's not really that creepy. Like no. he's, he's a big bear in toy story three, you know, he's this cute teddy bear that yes, has evil intent, but he's not that scary. That's kind of what makes him more scary is that he's designed to look cute. And yes, but it's only scary to adults. Like exactly. it's only scary to adults that like, Oh yeah, that's right. Like sometimes the people who look the nicest are really the, but like to a kid, these these creatures are probably pretty scary. Those bats, the scene with the yeah, bats, which right? is an, is an amazing action sequence. Just like the way that it's filmed, the way like the, the way that the camera moves. This movie uh, does for an animated movie for people who care does have a cinematographer. Roger Deakins is the uh, cinematographer for this. So like they frame it the way that like a really uh, well choreographed scene would be so i think it just works all on that but heidi you uh how how did you enjoy this movie uh watching it you know you got young kids at home young kids in the back of your mind thinking about it what what do you think about this movie and as far as kids watching it and enjoying it so um i watched it with my three-year-old and my six-year-old and they both loved it they um especially my six-year-old she's very um like there's like a, a sort of dark humor in it and she has that. And and so does the three-year-old. And so we all really enjoyed it so much so that we watched Edward Scissorhands afterwards, just because we oh, love yeah. those. <laughs> love those. Tim Burton and Johnny. Yeah. Those. Good but yeah, Lord. it's, I know. Right. Um, they are the, the characters are so well-developed. Like they have such a depth, these little characters in this movie 
it's just the whole story is just so funny. Um, I think my favorite character is the um, armadillo who's smashed in half. A roadkill. <laughs> the yeah. roadkill armadillo who Alfred is just Molina, brilliant. So. Yeah, it was just brilliant. You know, he's like the sensei of the whole film. Um, but he, uh, yeah, I like him a lot. And there's, uh, yeah, I could watch it over and over. It's such a good movie. Well, and I think in particular, the whole voice cast is just stellar. And it's the kind of voice cast we probably wouldn't get much anymore because there are names. I mean, Ned Beatty is a name, but not not a name for the last 30 years. Like, yeah. no one's super excited Ned Beatty's in a movie. Alfred Molina as a voice, you know. Uh, Timothy Oliphant plays the um, Spirit of the West, who is like a Clint Eastwood-type character. Like, all of that. Like, you get these just really strong actors. Steven Root uh, who plays the doc in the film, Ray Winstone's in the movie, Harry Dean Stanton's in the movie, like all of these just like really powerhouse actors lending their voice to this movie. Uh, just so good. And I think the character of Rango for a kid's movie is so interesting in that he is not an admirable character. Like, yeah. and that's not the way they make care. Like I'd say maybe despicable me kind of fits into that. where like Shrek. Shrek is another one. Shrek Shrek kind of fits in that thing. But even all of those people, I would say, I would say Gru and Shrek, like what you learn is like, oh, but they have a heart of gold. Like, oh, Shrek, you know, he doesn't, you know, because he's he's insecure about his thing. Like he's just putting up a wall. Like Rango has, and that's central to the plot. So we'll get to that later. Like he literally has no core convictions or heart or anything. He is just a tumbleweed being tossed around by the wind. But he grows in this movie. And I think, honestly, I think for a kid, that's kind of relatable. Like this idea of a guy who's kind of bumbling through life and he doesn't really know what he's doing. I just think, I think the character is so interesting to me. Yeah, if you think about it, he starts out in a uh, like safe little aquarium and then right. gets jolted from that that's kind of adulthood right yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. we all go from like that's our experience in becoming adults and so yeah it's like his self-discovery journey yeah and i just think it's interesting you know so many of kids movies and this is what i mean by like treating kids with kid gloves is we don't let kids have like protagonists that are relatable they have protagonists who are really like misunderstood the biggest thing in most like disney movies is like this is a really good guy who's really talented and everyone misunderstands them like yeah. if everyone could just see the diamond in the rough this person is then everything would be fine right like uh, aladdin is a uh is the street rat who is just got a heart of gold like he's got <laughs> like he's been living on the street n never had to do anything that he wasn't proud of like he's everything he's ever done has been just handing bread to people so uh donnie dorsey what what did you feel about rango i i enjoyed it i mean i think it's just it's one of those things where i guess it's almost like the like what like what heidi was talking about there's there's such a real element to some of the aspects of it like you know like the aquarium thing of it does feel like how you feel when you're going into adulthood. You're like, all right, 17, I was this, and 18 happens like, oh, no. Yes. <laughs> but, I mean, I think, like, the comedy in it is uh, it's clever. Um, like, there is, I mean, the characters that are, are very much, uh, like, just so many different facets of different types of people. Yeah. And like how we interact with the world around us. Cause like you have the people that are very panicked. Like as soon as things are happening, even before it gets bad. And yeah. then there's people that are like, ah, everything's perfectly fine. You're over, you know, like it's just, it's, 
and everything that's happening. And then you have the person who's the protagonist is literally like, yeah, I don't really know what's going on, but I'm going to fake it till I make it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I think this movie is really strong. We're all saying uh, you should watch it with your kids. I think this would be one of those that you as a parent, if you're just tired of uh, everything I watch is on Disney Plus and everything is a Pixar movie or, a, you know, a, a Marvel movie or a Star Wars thing. Not saying those things are bad. I'm just saying if you if you're like me and you get to points like another princess movie, another <laughs> this, another. This is one that I think your whole family will love. And most of your kids have probably not seen it. Yeah. And so that you will be a cool mom, cool dad, getting to bring a new movie in uh, that. I will say we didn't mention this. I think the animation in this looks amazing. Yeah. For being what it's eleven years old now, like it looks better than some of the things my kids are watching that came out last year. I, yeah. I was gonna say this movie has like if you're if you have like a kid who's like super eclectic, they might struggle with like the color palette in this movie because it's kind of muted. But I love the color palette in this movie. It's like because it's it does it it commits to that western motif, and yeah. and it's just it's excellent. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it looks really good. I think there's enough change when they go. I mean, they've got they've got all these different sets where they've got the mine, they've got the 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 town. There's one part where they're in these um, tunnels and all these different kind of things. I think there's a lot going on uh, that'll work. So anyway, let's get to uh, the themes of this movie. And uh, the, I think one of the big themes in this movie that we we really want to hit on it it's around identity. Uh, but I think more rooted in that is how being a person of character and in our sense as disciples of Jesus, being a person who exhibits Christ's character is something that has to be rooted in uh, our identity has to be rooted in Christ for that to happen. So let me say that a little more clearly. If I want to help my children be raised to live with Christ's character, they must have their identity rooted in Christ and nothing else. And we see in this movie, this movie, obviously, and we've said this multiple times on the podcast, but I'm going to say it again. This is not a movie that comes from a Christian point of view. So they're never going to bring up Christ. And so they're going to have conversations about identity and finding yourself and things like that. Our job is to take it further and say, okay, well, how should you find yourself? Where is your identity? Because what we see in this movie is how a lack of identity leads to a lack of character. How not knowing who you are leads you to be uh, easily corrupted and manipulated to do things no one would want to do. And so let's talk a little bit about the plot to get to it. So Rango is a uh, aspiring actor at the beginning of the movie. Uh, and he's saying like, who am I? Who do I want to be? You know, like I'm all these different. I put on all these costumes. I can be all these different things. Then he gets thrust into the wilderness and he ends up going to this town and basically ends up telling stories and creating this identity that is all really more aesthetic than genuine. Right. He's he's basically playing a character of Clint Eastwood, which is at the end of the movie. He actually meets like the spirit of the West, who is a Clint Eastwood type character. He is playing the. A uh, man with no name from the Sergio Leone, Clint Eastwood films. Of I move into this town, I have this mysterious past, and I'm gonna run the whole town. But when he moves, once he kind of becomes the sheriff, it becomes clear the mayor of this town is using him uh, to try and control the people. And I, so, all of that background to say. I was able to start talking to my kids about because Rango doesn't know who he is and he's just pretending. 
he doesn't know. He can't tell right from wrong. He's easily manipulated. He has no core values, no core convictions. He has nothing he believes in. And therefore, he can be manipulated to pretty much do anything. And he ends up kind of working for the bad guys. And that's kind of, I'd say the first two-thirds of the movie is him kind of doing the dirty work unknowingly because he's this bumbling, I don't know who I am, and he's just following it. So how about we get, who wants to start on this of how we can have those conversations with our kids about finding their identity in something other than just what people are wanting them to be, right? Because the, the mayor wants him to be this sheriff who acts this way so that he can use it. So we, who wants to start on that? So I think we kind of talked about this before, but um, I think it's like when you see him in his aquarium, it's such a like small bit but at the beginning of the movie. But like you said, it just basically tells you the story right there in those first few minutes. And the thing that was different, though, is that all the characters in his roles he was playing, he was each role. You know, he was right. speaking for each one. He was each ca different character. And so then when he gets out in the real world and he's having to like engage with different people and these are actual things, you know, I mean, obviously it's movie, but the things are actually happening and he's trying to navigate them as he goes <clears throat> is when he realizes like he's been changing it up so much that he has no idea who he is, you know, cause he's just been playing. Um, and it, it, I think, you know, the, watching him go through the process of learning. And then, you know, like I said, uh, when we were talking earlier, you know, you feel like a phony. A lot of times we feel like a phony. Our kids will, will experience that. They'll go into situations feeling like, well, what if everybody in the room is smarter than me or cooler than mm -hmm. me or funnier than me or whatever? <clears throat> and I won't fit in, but he, uh, he gets exposed. And then he realizes that through the process, he was, he was a phone. He was faking it the whole time, but then it became his actual character and yeah. he couldn't just walk away and say, Oh, well, you know, I've been found out because he actually had started to develop a, a relationship with these people and he cared about the town and, and the people in the town. Well, and I think that's good. You know, Heidi, you're talking about this idea of like imposter syndrome, which all of us feel and our kids feel uh, in all situations that, you know, at home, Hopefully, I'm, I'm, I, I can't speak to every kid, but hopefully at home, I feel safe and I feel loved. I feel valued. I know who I am. And there's a point, and we kind of talked about this in our Freaky Friday episode, that my identity when I'm young is that's my mommy, that's my daddy, and I belong to them. And that's my identity. It's, it's a re relational identity. But there comes a point when they start school or maybe in the teenage years where they start to kind of realize that's not enough cachet to get me through every door. And a lot of these people don't care who my mom is and they don't care who my dad is. And so I've got to start acting and doing certain things in order to get other people, in order for me to be loved and valued and safe like I am at home. I get it at home for free. I got to earn it out here. And the fear is, what if everyone figures out I'm not lovable? What if everyone figures out I'm not valuable and I'm not whatever, right? You know, respectable. Rango certainly feels that. And I think when I was talking earlier about Rango being, I think that's why it's so relatable to kids because they feel that, especially once they're seven, eight, nine, ten, you know. Yeah, and what, the fear of failure. Yeah. Yes. Of what if I get out here and they reject me? 
And so what I started saying to my kids is, I know you feel that way a lot, but you need to know who you are so that you don't get tricked into doing things that make you the kind of person you don't want to be, right? Rango doesn't know who he is. And Rango is so willing. He goes in, he acts one way with that hilarious scene where he swallows the cigar and then drinks the alcohol and spit like burps up and sets the guy on fire. A hilarious moment in the movie. And he kind of bumbles his way into everyone kind of elevating him as the sheriff. And then he's just so happy people are accepting him. He's willing to do whatever they ask him to do if they just keep accepting him. And I think our kids fall into the same thing. So how do we start having the conversation with our kids of, hey, I want you to know who you are in Jesus. And really, almost what you were saying there of Heidi of like, Act the way Jesus calls you to act until it becomes who you are. You know what I mean? Like do the things you know you're supposed to do. So if we're doing what's right, even if we don't feel like that, that's who we are or what we would normally do, then, then we're going to get there. Yeah. It eventually becomes our character. We had this conversation before we started the podcast of, uh, I remember hearing a psychologist who said, Everyone in an individualist society like America is obsessed with personality and could care less about character. And so we get very focused on like, who am I? What's my unique thing? What's my talent? What's my gift? What's this? And we don't focus on, am I honest? Am I kind? Am I dependable? Do I have integrity? What were you going to say, Donnie? Yeah, like I, that's something I really am constantly trying to instill in my children is um, the idea of character over reputation mm. like is to to considerably think that is that you know like i'll tell them at times it's like when they if they've done something wrong i go it's like what your character says is that what you're going to do when nobody's watching and that's the thing that should stand like i don't want to like and i'll tell my i don't want to have to walk into every room worried that you're going to do something that's going to put you in danger or do something wrong because i want you to have enough integrity to know that I'm going to do what's right because it's right, not because of what someone may give in return. And I think it's when we're having those conversations with our kids, I think it's very easy to fall back into, you know, the quote of like the high school days of the high school drama of things where it's like, I just want to be loved and like kind of like how Rango just wanted to get that absorption of people loving on him. But in reality is that, like what Heidi was talking about, eventually it becomes an imposter syndrome thing. Like it becomes that because you spent so much time trying to compete with yourself for other people. <laughs> like yeah. you're like, hey, I want to be these things. If I'm all these things to everyone, then everyone's happy. But there's always going to be another, like for like a better way to put it, like there's always going to be another arm you have to grow or another leg you have to grow or another like brain you have to way way of thinking you have to change whereas if you focus on the core part being i'm going to focus on my identity and who christ is and if i focus on first saying hey christ loved me before anything so without anything else that happens in this world or any other person i encounter i'm first loved and that idea because like hey i'm loved that means that i don't need to seek the approval of others i yeah. simply just need to seek wisdom and knowledge from god and like in my individual day-to-day and i will build character so that when i'm faced with things that will happen and they will happen i don't go 
you know, I'm going to bend over this way, kind of like the idea of those, uh, I forgot what the name of those plants were. The idea oh, is yeah. like, they just go to the water. Don't yep. be like that where it's like, oh, well, when things are going a certain way, I'm just going to go this way. Yeah. I want you to always have, but in a way, what they were doing was they had, they knew exactly where they were going to go. When things were rough, they would find the water. And like, and Christ is the living water. Like yep. that's, that's what that is. Like, it's like, we should always go back to that well because that well never runs dry. That'll preach Donnie. That'll <laughs> preach. That's good right there. You know, and I think the way I would have said it when I was doing youth ministry, cause everyone has to have a catchy thing is you want to have character and not just play a character Yeah. that if you don't have character, you end up playing a character. And that's what ends up happening for Rango is, as you said, he is not rooted in, his identity in Christ. And I think that idea of being rooted in Christ is so conceptual for us that it's hard to get practical. But I think the way you just said it there, Donnie is of being a person of character and being able to say, you know, when our kids say things like, and my kids say this a lot, because it really is almost every, almost every movie, pretty much all the Marvel movies come back to like, who am I? Like, what's my identity? And that when a per when a person finds like who they are uniquely, that's when they become a superhero and that's when they whatever. And so my kids will say to me, it's like, but what makes me, me? Yeah. And my answer hopefully would be, well, you're honest and you're patient and you're kind and you're gentle and you go through the fruits of spirit. You're joyful. You're like, if I can say those things about you, but there's something in us that goes, okay, I get that. But like, what makes me special? And like, that should be what makes you special because, and Rango really points at this, right? The rest of the world is not honest and full of integrity. And people don't just say what they mean and then do what they say they're going to do. And not the rest of the world does not work where everyone is patient and kind and gentle. And that does make you special. And what becomes special about you is how clearly you show Jesus through your life. And that is special in a world where Jesus is not easily seen by people. It's also special because we all do it in our own unique way, you know? Sure. So that's, that's something that I feel like you can, you know, for the kids who, who, who need that validation of like, yeah, you, you are significant, you know, then you can speak to them in that way that, well, you do it through your struggles. The things that you struggle with are unique to you. And the things that you, you know, obviously we all kind of deal with similar things, but there's the way that you process it can be an example to people who are experiencing that the way yeah. that you mess it up and then say, yeah, I didn't get that right. You know, or I wish yeah. I'd been more myself in that situation, been more genuine to uh, who I am because that wasn't really me. You know, those are the kind of uh, things that, you know, you you are, uh, each of us are striving to be just like Jesus, but he gives us this awesome opportunity because he's so gracious and loving that we get to do it in our way, you know, and it's yeah. just a little bit different than, than the person next to us or, you know. And I think what Rango, the, the ability of being able to watch Rango and have these conversations is you know, at one point when he's being manipulated by this mayor who's corrupt and is stealing all the water, but trying to like keep the people in the dark, uh, his whole vibe that he keeps saying to Rango is everyone needs something to believe in. 
that everyone needs something to believe in. And what he's basically saying is like, I'm going to make you the thing they believe in. And the content, the thing underneath that is so that I can keep doing what I want to do. But I think Rango realizes in that moment, or we as the audience realize for Rango, Rango has nothing he believes in. Like, that's why Rango is able to get in this. And I watch in our world, in adults, I'll just say this, in adults, this desire to believe in something. And that gets triggered onto politics. Uh, that gets triggered on for a lot of people, family. I hear people say, the only thing I trust in is, is my family. And then your kids move out and they don't want to see you anymore. And now you don't know what to believe in. Or your marriage hits the rocks and you don't know what to believe in. Because you've, you put your hope, you've put your belief in something that was not as stable as Christ. And maybe you could have figured out the politics thing. Maybe you could have figured out your family better had your identity, your character been rooted in something else. And I think, I really think that's really important as we're developing um, our children is our job is we want to give them a core foundation. Like we can't be with them when they're 20 uh, all the time. We can't be with them, but we can hopefully, and we talked about this last uh, episode a little bit, set them on a trajectory, give them this core value system that is based on Christ and his kingdom and his values. And so I think the more that we can instill in our kids, and I know lots of parents who are really good at making sure their kids do piano practice every day and make sure their kids are at ball practice every day and are making sure that they, you know, I was in a, uh, a athletic family. So it was, you know, you don't just go to ball practice. You got to come home and do your drills. You know, you got drills, you got conditioning, you got things you got to do. And we make sure they do that. And we really want to help them be the best ball player they can be. And where we want to help them be the best student they can be. I check their homework. I get their backpack. I go through it. I check all their stuff because I know that's what it takes for them to be the best student. But we're not as focused on how honest they are. How, 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 uh, how much integrity do they have? Is the person they show to everyone else the same person they are on the inside? Are they genuine? Are they authentic? And there's a way in which when we root their identity in the way of Jesus, humble, gentle, honest, kind, you go, go through the fruit of the spirit, go through first Corinthians 13. If you can help your children find their identity in those things that all look like Christ, then they will find that Christ is showing through them. And like Heidi said, everything's going to be, they're going to have their own unique ways of doing that, but it always will look like Jesus. And I know many people who go, well, you know, I'm, I'm an introvert. So my thing can't be, uh, having conversations with strangers or people I don't know that well. Well, but Christ did. And yes, you may have to do it in your own way. You may not have the capacity that other people have, but being interested in other human beings and not the two people who are your only friends, it doesn't matter how you're personally. I'm an extrovert. I still have to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Now, that I'm, I'm a quick talker. I mean, you guys are listening to this podcast. I'm talking all the time. But my character should be someone who is quick to listen and slow to speak. Doesn't matter what my personality is. And it's going to look different. I'm never going to be the guy at the back of the room who everyone's like, I wonder what that wise sensei is about to say because we haven't heard him speak. I'm never going to be that guy. But I could be quicker to listen than I am. I could be slower to speak. And so I think there's a way in helping our kids enable that. Now, the final thing I want to kind of to have us talk about here is the part that's really the conclusion of the movie, right? And 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 Sawyer kind of hit on this of or it was Heidi actually who hit on the idea of um 
he had kind of pretended to be this way. Then he has this conversation with the spirit of the West when he gets kind of sent away. Rattlesnake Jake is over the whole thing. And he has this conversation with the spirit of the West, uh, which is really just a Clint Eastwood <laughs> type character uh, talking to him. Sawyer, why don't you kind of tell him about what happens at that point in the movie? What is it that brings Rango back to kind of become this selfless hero? Uh, why don't you have that conversation? I mean, I, I think... You know, just at a character level, I think he realizes, you know, he was propping up this image of himself that he viewed as an honorable character is the thing almost is the thing. And I feel like the ending, well, the ending of his character arc right there is him deciding, oh, that's who I'm going to actually be now. Like, I like that version of myself so much that I actually, I don't want that to be an act. I don't want that to be you know, something that people perceive in me, but actually be me. Um, right. Which is two very different things. And it's a struggle that I've had a lot in my life, just like personally, like of like, do I want to be the person that people perceive me as, or do I just want to keep that as a perception that people have about me? Right. Um, and, and, and I, I, I think the movie it's, it's very adult in dealing with that insecurity. I think that, so too. Rango faces um because i as adults i think that we all kind of prop up this image that we want people especially like and i will admit i don't have experienced this but like i feel like parents even do that with their kids a lot of times i know my parents did um and i think that like there's a level to which if you can get to the point where you're not propping up an image whether that means you're letting someone see your flawed self which he does in the final, like, I don't know if you want to call it action sequence. Like he doesn't try to hide any of his flaws anymore, but he also is like doing heroic things because he is heroic now. And uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I I wanted to add to what you were saying is that he goes back and he becomes like, he, he figures out he wants to be this person he was pretending to be or have this character that he was pretending to have. But in order to do so, he has to put himself at great risk. And right. I think that that's kind of important to note, you know, and to to look at because he's uh, when he when he leaves, he could tell himself, well, I got kicked out. They don't want me to come back. They don't want me right. around anyway. But that's really just him convincing himself to stay safe and to stay in, in his comfort zone of, you know, and we do that so much in life. The character thing, the, the times when our character shows the most is the times when we're pressed. And <clears throat> I think that it would be easy to say, well, not, I, I just don't have what it takes, you know, for this moment. Yeah. But um, when you do step into it and you just say, well, that's the kind of person I want to be is the person who is, you know, gentle and loving and, you know, forbearing or supportive or whatever, then you see that come out of you, but it, it's not always the most comfortable situations that bring it out, you know? Yeah. yeah. I would say like, I think like part of what makes this movie just in general click really well for me on rewatch is like, it starts off for the first, like seven eighths of the movie. Really? It's kind of cynical is the thing. Um, and then what makes it go from like, just like a funny, family comedy that's a little darker to being like actually like in my opinion like a really good well-made movie is that it goes the extra mile at the end and it kind of had it ends on this very hopeful note with these characters is the thing which uh i it would have been easy if you're making this movie to be like well we have to keep the tone the same throughout the whole thing 
and they they resist that urge and they they give it a, a very uh, a good hopeful ending which i i'm a sucker for in spite of the fact that i am rattlesnake jake always mm, i don't know about that last part but uh yeah we uh i think the part that you get to there is that the character actually does um go through a change and you know yeah. I, I i i know i hit on disney all the time but like and i love disney movies i'm not knocking on it but when most character arcs are you're already a really good person who knows all the right things you just need to believe in yourself a little more and like that's the only change you see by the end is like and now i believe in myself this movie is like you You already have everything you need (laughs) everything it takes it's like no actually you know nobody does you're well, trying that, to get me ranting about Frozen right now, and I'm going to resist <laughs> the urge, okay? Or, or Star Wars or yeah. Iron Man. Like, they're all the same. Like, I, everything you need is within you. You just need to point it in the right direction. And this is a movie where, like, he really is an empty vessel. And, like, he doesn't know who he is. And, like, everything he gets by the end of the movie is what we see him get through the journey. And I would also add to that final thing is, you know, the, the appeal of Westerns, and I think it's why America for so long loved Westerns. I think superheroes are the new Western for the same reason. It is the lone gunslinger. It is the one guy on his own who has everything he needs to take care of evil on his own. And this is a movie where he's not a lone gunslinger. He has to go back to the mine and get those guys that were his, you know, the miners or whatever to, to open up the water and do all this. And the townspeople help him. And there's this whole thing where all of it is, it's not him by himself. It is him in this community. And that's what the spirit of the West says to him is, it's not about you. It's about them. And we as Christian parents, I say this to my kids, is that's why Jesus says, if you want to save your life, and what he's saying is, if you want to make your life just about you and your dreams and the things you had always planned, this character you have created, then you're going to lose all that. It's Even if you make it to the end of your life, you're one day going to die and that's all your life will have ever been. But if you lose your life, if you give up your life being about you and you finding your identity and what's special about you, if you make your life about how do I love God by loving others, by becoming a person who exhibits the fruit of the Spirit and the character of Christ in 1 Corinthians 13, if I become a person who that's my identity, then my life actually takes on this meaning that is bigger than me. I get joined with Christ, which matters for all eternity. And that's that's something beautiful. Now, that's hard to get to a five-year-old. So I'm not saying you get all that to a five-year-old. That's hard to get to a 13-year-old. That's hard to get to a 32-year-old. That's hard for all of us to get. But I think if we can focus on our kids, hey, let's just talk about becoming a person, a character. You don't want to be a person like Rango, who when you're talking to a bad person, because one of my kids said, so are there people who are, are there are there teachers that would would tell me to do something bad? Yes. Are, are there people in authority who would tell me to do something bad? I said, yes. I said, sweetie, I said, there are parents that will tell you to do something bad. I said, and I said, I hope you know that I never, ever want to tell you to do anything bad. I said, but I'm also broken. And sometimes I don't say the right thing all the time. And you need to be the kind of person who so clearly knows who Jesus tells you to be that you can hear someone say, the tell you to do something. You go, mm, that's not honest, so I shouldn't do that. Oh, that doesn't respect my my body, myself. That doesn't respect another person's body. And so I'm not going to do that. And to create, but the only way to create a kid is not to tell them how to handle every specific situation and give them a rule book, because that's not what the Bible is. It's how do I become a person of character that as 
Heidi said, in my unique situation, with my unique backstory, with my unique everything that I bring to it, how do I know how to act like Jesus in this moment now? And the way we do that with our kids is we focus on their character. Are they becoming like Christ? Are they honest? Are they gentle? Are they kind? Are they Do they have integrity? When they say they'll do something, do, I mean, I do think that's why chores are important for kids. You have responsibilities. Keep up your responsibilities. And it may seem a small thing, but you're teaching your kid. When you say you'll do something, you do it, even if it's not fun, even if it's inconvenient, even if it's hard, because that's who Christ is. I just also want to like just throw out the reminder that the best way to teach them is to practice it in our own life, you know, because yeah. to be all these genuine things, yourself. Yes. Yeah. Like what you're talking about, like, are they honest? Are they kind? Are they, you know, yeah. loving? It's like in in the moments when I'm saying to my kid, like, you know, your dishonesty. I can't deal with it. You're such a lot, you know, like things like yes. that. Like I don't have these conversations with my kids, but I can see, you know, I yeah. experienced that moment and it's like, well, how am I doing with these things? And, and, and showing them like why this is so important, why the honesty in relationships is absolutely, you know, vital for the health and life of the relationship. And it's like, when you can, when you can show them with your actions, but also explain to them, well, this is why I care so much, you know, like I'm not going to be dishonest with daddy about, you know, this thing or this, you know, whatever, because my relationship with daddy matters more than this, you know, him potentially being upset about or whatever, you know, something that that happened. Yeah. Yeah. I think us living it out and being honest about our failures, when we get it Mm -hmm. wrong, say I didn't live up to the kind of character I want to be the kind of character I want to exhibit. We're all learning because they're going to see your failures. And if you don't acknowledge it, they'll think they'll think you're playing a character and not actually having character. And ultimately we know that if we can help them fall in love, not just with Jesus, but at a young age, if we can teach them that the way of life Jesus teaches is a beautiful thing, they find him more beautiful. So uh, uh, we hope you guys watch this movie, have a great time talking about it with your kids. And we will see you next time as we continue to learn how to love Jesus in his way of life even more.